0: And welcome to Golf Lovers United, where we discuss golf the fair way. Joining us today is a wonderful young talent from the world of Live Golf. It is the fantastic Eugenio Shakara. If you enjoy this episode and the fantastic interview that we've got ahead for you, do let us know over on Twitter at GLU Golf Club, or tell your friends that they can subscribe and follow this podcast in their podcast app of choice, or at GLUGC.com. My name's Mark, I am one of your hosts and the producer here at Golf Lovers United and running this interview today is my wonderful friend Ben at Golf Lover UK and the fantastic Jay at Pro Golf Critic. Sit back and enjoy this amazing episode with the wonderful Eugenio Shakara.
1: Hi and welcome to our special guest, Eugenio Shakara, who is here with myself, uh, Golf Ben, Golf Lover UK and Jay, Pro Golf Critic. Eugenio, lovely to have you with us. Thank you for joining us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited for the program and can't wait to get started. Well, I think the best place to start is,
1: um, have you recovered yet from the long second longest playoff in professional golf history? Ten holes. How did that fit? Firstly, congratulations for winning. But how how do you feel in a ten-hole playoff? It must be the ultimate match play scenario.
2: Yeah, I mean, like you said, it was, it was awesome. It's an awesome experience. It's something I was dreaming from since I was little, watching the playoffs on TV of... PA tour, European tour, Asian tour, all these guys. Like, one time there was a playoff, I go in and just, it's fun. I mean, it's fun to be out there. I mean, obviously. I would finish a little earlier. We both did, but I mean, it took it took us 10 holes. We we both played great golf. I mean, we buried six, six, six of the first six holes, and then we got bottom 17, but with a forearm into the wing, playing pretty long. So we were both playing a fantastic golf. It came out in my end on the whole 10th, but I think we both played great, and it was an awesome experience that I learned a lot and can't wait for the next opportunity.
1: Well, interesting you say there's two things I want to pick up on. I'll bring Jay in to talk a bit more. But there's two things that are very interesting. You talked about playing in the wind. Obviously, you, you're in Oklahoma now, um, which is where you base yourself for all the American events. Um You've explained to me that it's obviously you've got friends around there, it's where you went to college, all this sort of stuff. But playing a lot of golf in Oklahoma, well, I know there's wind in Oklahoma. How do you, how do you find Lynx golf? Because obviously for a lot of younger guys growing up and you're still fairly young in your golf career, that how do you find that Lynx experience of coming over to the UK and playing true Lynx golf? Do you like it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I love golf. I've been loving golf since I was little. I remember going with the Spanish Federation when I was 12 to a Ray Trophy and just start loving it, you know. I mean, I feel like it makes a lot of fun. You get a lot of different ways to play the hole different ways to attack and it's just it's just awesome i mean i i enjoyed a lot like you said oklahoma i got lucky now that it's a lot of wind so I i got i got better with wind every year here so so yeah i mean it was fun we didn't have a lot of wind that week weather was really nice i mean we had three perfect days the first run was a little windy but i mean it was it was awesome living golf is fun and can't wait to get get back i mean hopefully i can play the open and many other tournaments in the next years I discovered Lynx
3: golf, uh, you know, a few years years ago, and it really did sort of renew my interest in golf. Um, you know, and I I'd, uh, actually never uh, never seen uh, uh, Fairmont uh, St. Andrews on TV uh, previously, but you know, it definitely gave me that that feeling of being on, on a true Lynx course. And I got to say that 17th hole that you guys played in the uh, playoff, uh it gives me nightmares because that hole was like probably one of the hardest part 3s that I that I've seen um it looked really diff, uh really difficult was, was there any particular strategy you were you were trying to uh play on that that particular hole was was there cuz i i know left was like completely dead so
2: yeah yeah, like you said, I mean, it was a hole of 225 yards, a little into the wind with a long left flag, and barely like you missed the green, three yards left, you're hitting an OB or you're against the wall. So, so it's a pretty tough hole. I mean, I remember when I went to the like the 71st hole of the medal play, I knew I, was, I had a chance to win. I knew I needed to go up par birdie or birdie par or birdie birdie to to have a chance to win so it was a four iron obviously you don't want to go to attack because as soon as you miss a left you throw the tournament away so I made a good swing on the hole seven first I hit it to like 30 feet right of the hole pretty good and then when we went to the playoff I mean after burying the first six holes and I was first on the tee I was like man if I hit a good iron here I will pressure him because it's a hard shot and I actually hit a perfect shot again to like 20 feet right of the hole and he hits, he hits also a pretty fair one-one and bumps just over the bunker barely and just left of the green. So we both make par. And when we go back to 18, we both make, we both birdie again. So we went back to 17. I was like, man, we might need to make a birdie here. And I actually tried to hit a high draw, and I hit probably one of the best shots of the tournament. I hit it to, like, 10, 10 12 feet. And he hits a bad one there, like – like thinned it, healed it, and it just barely covers the bunker again. And he could be in, in the wall, but he got a little lucky there, and he tipped the gimme, and then I didn't make the putt. But, I mean, like you said, it's one of the hardest holes of the course. Uh, it was it was, it was, tough, and I think I made best two swings of the week pretty much with that mu- amount of pressure in that moment.
3: Uh, yeah, it was, was really, really impressive. Uh, you know, And uh, that, that was probably uh, the second most Im- impressive part of the playoff because... Uh, you know, watch, watching you play that that uh par five 18th so many times, like you striped your tee shot, like every, <laughs> like every single time, it was amazing. Like it it was like on re- repeat.
2: I was talking to my friend. That's not my cat, He was just in those two weeks, just one of my teammates and roommate in Oklahoma. And we were like, man, the first four holes were like PlayStation. I and mean, we hit the same shot. On the front of the tee, we had 237 in, 236, two, 238. And then we hit the same three to the middle of the green all the time. So, and I mean, we thought like, you know how golf is. But we thought after a third hole when Matt hit it on the big grass and then laid up and then missed the green. And I liked that part to like two feet that like we pretty much had it. And then he chipped it in. So, So it was awesome. It was a great experience and, I mean, it's just things you dream when you work, you know, like just to be in those positions to have a chance to win on Sunday and obviously to win in a playoff makes it even special. Yeah, that chipping was un- unbelievable.
1: That was obviously your second professional win, your first professional win happened in Bangkok. Now, though there's a couple of things I want to ask about, but have you ever seen such rain as you saw in Bangkok when you are desperately trying to get back
2: out on the course to win? And- I mean, it's fun. I mean, I play 16 tournaments as a pro and I won twice already. I mean, that doesn't happen a lot, you know, so... Obviously, a lot of people are not giving a lot of credit to Leaf players what we're doing, and they're giving a lot of credit to other players just because they play two good events and they just go into other like other things that I'm not going to get into it. But I mean, I'm loving the ride. I'm loving how, how I'm doing. I, I know I took the decision to come to Leaf because I thought it was the best for me and for my experience and for to grow up as a player. And like you said, I mean, Banco was, it was tough. I mean, it was probably one of the most nervous I ever been on that chip on 15 after two hour delay, Patrick Reed in front, master winner and playing amazing that day. And it's just so much pressure. And But I mean, like, I, I just love golf. Like, I since I was four years old, what I like is to play golf. I, I love the, to be in those moments. I go, I woke up every day trying to find something new, try to get better. And it's it's just it's just what I live for, and I, that's what I wanted since I was little. So so it's just a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, I think I have something that a lot of players doesn't have. When I have a chance to win, I normally do. Like I did that. I proved myself in amateur golf as well. I mean, I won five times my senior year in college. I won a lot of events in Europe and around the world. So so obviously, it's it's fun to just to know that once you're up there, you get a chance to win, and people know you're gonna be up there, and you're gonna be like fighting until last hole but i mean that's only something that happens and just something i try to get better like i feel like everyone has a lot of stuff to get better at i mean right now i'm not healthy i've been struggling a lot with my health this season i've been barely playing go like barely like after 10 holes barely even able to walk so i mean i'm getting better that way i'm getting more i'm getting some some i'm getting better health health wise and i'm just happy that i can practice again like i wanted to and just excited for the feeder.
1: Yeah, I think for me that Bangkok event was a really interesting event because you're still, as you say, 16 pro, pro events in. You're you're a young man who's who's learning learning his trade. You love golf. There are a lot of young golfers that would have not come out of that rain delay very well. A lot of people would have been affected by that, but it actually what was encouraging. And you, when you listen to commentators and you listen to it, a lot of people were thinking, you know, "How how is Eugenio going to? How is he going to respond to?" being in a really commanding position, but being off the course for two hours and 15 minutes, what was going through your head? I know the money, the money's huge. We know that 4 million, $4 million. But what was the, what was going through your head in the half hour rain delay, then it's an hour, then it's an hour and a half. How do you stay focused? Cause like for me, I can lose focus waiting five minutes on a tee for a slow four ball. So, the idea of waiting two hours and 15 minutes with $4 million on the line is, it is perplexing.
2: Yeah, I mean, you don't really try to think about the money. We all know it's there. But I feel like that's going you know, to give a lot of tra- credit to my team. I mean, my coach, my cousin, and my best friend over there, they pulled me out of the course. We went into the reins. We just started talking about other stuff besides school we talked about soccer we talked about friends we talked about some of my friends called me we we're just hanging out so they tried to just put my mind out of what is what's going on and I think that's a big big part of it like having a good team around you having people that knows you having people that knows how to act how to react I mean obviously they knew I was nervous so they knew how to act and what to do to me so so I don't think about it and then when it was time to go and they said time to warm up I mean we just went and hit a lot of chips that I was going to have like that chip and I felt like I got some feeling in the, in the chipping area that I wanted to click it like that because I knew it was going to be wet and it was a little into the grain and I had like in the video you can't see it that much but it had a little like I I, I was going up and then down so I had like a two yard bounce way so that if I bounce it there it was going to roll to give me and as soon as I clip it I, I knew it was going to be perfect so I feel like when I hit that chip and the crowd just got crazy and then period hit a good shot but lately go in the water I was like man I think I can have that so so then I, I just start playing smart golf, kind of like middle of the green. And like I said, it's the moments I've been dreaming since I was little to have, you know, play, play against Patrick Reed in the last three holes of a tournament to win a tournament or just other the Dustin, Cam Smith, all these guys. So it was it was just, I was just trying to enjoy it and tell myself, this is why you work so hard since you were little, just you're here now. It's time to go pro- 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 prove the world that you can do it. And it was awesome to just so like just... People who were talking and I just only care about money. I didn't want to play golf, whatever. And I was like, I didn't want to listen to all that. I just wanted to play golf. And just to prove the world that I'm one of the best players in the world and I'm playing my game is something that it, it gave me a lot of confidence and a lot of motivation to keep working. So it was, like you said, it was an awesome victory. It was awesome, It was awesome to do it. And it's just awesome to prove yourself that you can compete against the best players in the world.
3: I completely agree. Uh no I I think that all all that's awesome uh you know and uh just uh from my perspective uh you know and I've told a bunch of the players that live uh this over the course of the last year uh you guys if I was in the same position as uh as you in college like you wouldn't like I would have gone to live so fast like it would have made made people's heads spin so I mean it it it, it definitely make, makes a lot, a lot of sense to me. I think that you guys over over the course of time are really going to be seen as some of the smartest people in, uh, in golf for a variety of reasons. And, and I think that a lot of those things are, are going to start to sort of bear out here over, over uh, the next few months. Um, I did want to get into your back background a little bit because you have uh, uh, alluded to it a little bit. Obviously, you grew up in Spain, a uh, very, very accomplished um, amateur player. I believe you made it up to uh, number two, um, in the world amateur golf rankings. Ho- hopefully, uh, not not making it to number one isn't some, something that bothers you. But number number two is really really good. So, um, you know, obviously you did that. Uh, you won a bunch bunch of times in uh, in college at Oklahoma State. Actually, started a lot. A lot of people don't don't know you actually started off at at, uh, at Wake Forest a fellow acc school because i'm a duke guy so um so um and uh you also went uh four and oh in the uh, palmer cup um and a lot of people don't know the palmer cup is this uh really big um amateur match play tournament it's kind of like the Ryder cup for college and university students so i i think you've had such a a uh, great amateur record. Uh, but I do want to talk a, a little bit about your, uh, youth. I, um, I know a lot of international players, you know, kind of, uh, aren't really thinking about college and kind of want to go straight, uh, to the professional ranks was, was going to college always some, something that, that you had in mind to uh, play golf or were, were you thinking about, about maybe that poss- possibility of turning pro without going to college?
2: Well yeah, I mean like you said, I started my career at Wake Forest and like just answering your question there was never never a possibility for me to turn pro when I was eighteen. In my in my house, my mom and my dad don't really care about golf that much. They care about being a normal guy, have my degree, I graduate from Oklahoma State, I finished school, I finished all that stuff. So that was the first thing for my family. I mean then if goal works out great, but I mean you're gonna have a study, you're gonna you're gonna do like normal people does and yeah, I mean I'm glad I did that. I I think I won't be the same. I won't be here right now if I wouldn't go to Oklahoma State and Wake for us. So so it's an experience that I think everyone needs to do. I think the good players and the best competition is in the US in college golf. It just makes you, you know, you know if you're ready, you're or not for professional golf. If you're dominating college golf, then you got a chance to go and win against the best players in the world, like I did as my fourth stars approach, you know. So, so, but you said, I mean, I never made it to number one in the world. I mean, I'm, I'm not very big fan of the rankings, like you guys know. I mean, it says I'm 500 in the world right now and the pro golf, and I. I don't think that's that's very accordingly, but I mean, same thing in amateur. I mean, there was a Japanese guy in front of me that he only played Japan tour and professional tours. I mean, my last year in college golf, my last year in college golf, it was definitely. I mean, there is a lot of politicas going away, but I mean, I was the, I was the best player by far. I mean, I won five times. I lost nationals in a playoff, and I beat pretty much everyone when I needed to. But you know how that works. I mean, if you play for Oklahoma State and they had already six. Asking you know, a one winners or six Van Hollen Award winners, they don't really want another Oklahoma State guy to win it. So, so that's, that's one of the things that make me think, okay, I mean, I think I did everything I needed to do in college golf and I'm ready to, to turn pro. But I mean, answering your question and what I said, I mean, college golf is so important to grow up as a person, to just get experience and to develop your game as best space as you can playing against the best players in, on, in, in the world and amateur golf. I mean, it's just, it's just something very unique. I was really lucky that I experienced two different colleges i not get me wrong i love wake forest my sister's still awake Wake Forest, and it was it was all great i just thought i needed something more less study and more golf i really like like i said i dream about golf i love golf i my life is all around golf and wake forest it was a little too hard for what i want to study i want i did finance so wake forest business school it was a little too hard for foreign foreign student. so i decided that I mean, you to try something else, i also obviously seen Mal Wolf making that 18 pattern Carson Greek to win in NCAAs and see all that Oklahoma State fans jump on. I mean, that's not something normal that ever happened in golf. So, I mean, Oklahoma State culture for golf is like playing for Real Madrid and Spain for soccer. So it's just something that I really wanted to experience and it's something that changed my life. Like right now, I said I live in Stillwater when I'm playing the U.S. events and it's, it's just my second house. I love everyone out here. I love playing with the with the guys that they're on the team now. I love being around the coaches, and they're always trying to get me better and push me to the limits. So I think wh- whoever asked me about college golf, you can go whatever you are, but you just need to experience the at least couple years of college golf to be ready to go against the best players in the world.
1: No, I think it's I think it's um, your attitude's incredible. I I love it. Um, there's. To be fair, Jay and I, we think about golf all the time. It is our entire life. The difference is we can't swing it like you and we have to have <laughs> real jobs because we can't play golf freshly. So essentially we're the same people, just you've got a lot of talent and, 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 and we and we don't I've got more talent um, than Ben though. Let's but, just make
3: uh, what, that that clear. I'm I'm closer to you than Ben is, so let's just make, make that, that clear. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Okay. We know, we don't need we don't need that. You'll start talking about when you won the pro am with um with Paul Casey again in a minute. Um. Yeah. You. So when you went when you went to Oklahoma State, you changed your degree, didn't you? You did sports
2: management, finance, and ph- psychology. Is that right? Yeah, I did uh, finance and a minor in psychology. So when I was at Wake Forest, I did a lot of psychology classes just because they were the easiest ones. And when I came from Spain, my English wasn't at a great level yet. So when I went to do some classes. It was super hard. The other ones to get used to in psychology was a little more easy. So when I transferred to Oklahoma State, I always wanted to do something with business, like finance and whatever. So I started doing that major, but I had so many credits of psychology that if I took like four, three more classes of psychology, I could get a minor in psychology. So I'm actually graduated from finance and psychology.
1: And that's that's a big thing for me, is that I think that psychology part that you did, that, that obviously plays into the discussion we had about your team being around you and how you approached the rain delay. Do you think that, other golfers would benefit maybe from doing that? Because you actually completed your degree, which is, again, not all golfers do that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's something I told my mum I was going to do when we talk about the leave offer came out to my to my family i still had another year 12 more like 12 more credits so four more classes to graduate from one of them so that was the point i was like okay if you turn pro and you get this deal you're gonna finish your major so obviously take that and i finished that for my family and I, also for me myself i've been studying for three and a half years so it was just not worth it to leave all you have been studying for like just four classes you know and yeah i mean what you said about psychology i think psychology obviously helps you a lot helps you understand your mind helps you understand things that i brought didn't know before like it helped me a lot with my breathing like it gets you i'm a i'm a guy that gets a lot like gets quick i get nervous i get like i get excited so sometimes to be too excited it just make me go the wrong way uh, so, so, just knowing yourself a little better, knowing your mind, knowing how your body works, just knowing like on the playoff, I knew like on the whole, like just an example, whole seven of the playoff, I was so tired. My, 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 my knee, my, 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 my hip, that's, I'm wrong, it was like vibrating and all that. So, just like telling to your mind, you're fresh, you just woke up. Like, I was keep reminding myself, like, I just, I this is my sixth hole of the day, like, just not, not thinking about being tired. It's how, how to control your mind. It helped me a lot. I mean, and it's something that, like, I, I feel like I recommend everyone just to to see to just learn more about yourself. that's what psychology helped me. I don't know if finance helped me a lot. I mean helped me understand a lot of things when I talk about money or investments and all that. But I mean I don't know if I'm gonna do it that much on myself. But obviously psychology helped me a lot in sport wise. And I think a lot of people are starting to do in psychology. So obviously in the golf team right now in Oklahoma State there is two or three guys that started a minor in psychology as well just because a couple of us did it. And it's just it's just it's just nice to it's nice to know how to react on those moments when you're not perfect it's very easy to to be perfect to play good or great when you're when we're at this level and you feel amazing your body feels amazing you swing is good you're going rolling you're making the pots but just to play good when you're not feeling that way that's that makes a huge difference so hopefully that helped me and I hopefully that helps me to grow up in the next years
1: yeah i think that's a it's not about when it's going well. We've we've all been there. We've all been there when we're striping it, and it's and golf's easy. And like Jay Jay's a is a better golfer than me. But I, I had an occasion the other day, and I was I was two over through seven, playing really well. Had a complete blow up and shot sixteen over. And that sometimes you say it's about knowing yourself. I actually managed to talk to myself, but sadly, way too late in the round, and finished birdie par and it's and if i and i think what you're illustrating there is fantastic and that maybe a lot of golfers of all ages myself i'm 40 but young golfers old golfers and every golfer in the middle that when it's not going right what can what can you fall back on what 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 do you say if if it you're you you you're three you're you're two over you're two over through six what what do you say to yourself at that point
2: yeah, I mean, like what you said, I think that's the thing, like going back to the question you did, like college golf. Like when I get to Oklahoma State on my first semester, it's something I will never forget. Like obviously everyone knows how good you hit it or how good you are or whatever, but obviously my scores weren't like how good I was playing. I was not winning. I was not finishing how I needed So Coach Patton sit down with me and just start telling you, like just film me one day and like you don't realize how you how you react on the course how many times like I was kind of like bitching about everything I was just focusing things that they're just not even helping me you know like just like someone that has the confidence to tell you what are you doing what you need to change and that was a that makes a difference between that that was the day that makes a difference to my golf game like I didn't realize how much I was losing time and losing energy just talking about stuff that already have it sucks to make a three-pot like fighting for birdie and you three-pot and you go bogey i mean everyone hates it you know like even us but like nothing you can do anymore you know so every time you're reminding that to yourself or to your mind you're getting worse and worse so that's a day that i will never forget in my career i think i needed to hear all that stuff it wasn't nice to hear it but i mean it's something that you'll like like I appreciate it really much, and right now over there, it's like what you said. From when I'm two over through six, I'm always reminding to myself, like the thing I do to myself. I say a lot. Golf gives you another opportunity. You still have twelve holes to go. You got like you shot by shot. You know, you miss a shot. I miss a driver to the right. I get an opportunity to do a hit a great shot on the on the right to make it back. If I don't hit a great shot on the right, I get another opportunity to make a good chip. If I don't hit a good chip, just like to want like one good shot every hole it's just you always have a chance to make a better shot, you know? So that's what I try to remind to myself. And obviously there's weeks that, like you say, you're striping it, you're hitting it great, and everything's going your way. But, like, last week I won. Yeah, it was great. But, I mean, talking to my team, I was like, well, I won and I didn't do anything great. Like, I didn't feel like hit it great. I didn't feel I like put it great. I didn't feel things were going my way. I didn't chip it in any times. So I leaped out, like, three times on the last round. I didn't make pots. It was just solid on around. you know? I played smart. One of the things that i getting better at is just kind of like Playing smart on the golf course. I'm coming from college golf. The greens are soft. You can attack a lot of pins. I only play 16 tournaments a pro. I mean, 16 tournaments. I mean, Phil might play 600 tournaments already. You know, so I'm way back, like, of all those guys. So they have a lot of experience, and I'm coming from college golf. That the greens, the, the, we play shorter courses. We play don't play rough. We play it soft. You're playing tour events that they're quick, firm tack pins and I'm trying to attack the pins that I might hit a good shot, but I miss it one yard in the wrong spot and I'm making bogey instead of giving myself a 20 footer and maybe you can make it, you know, I'm start, starting to learning those things, try to play, smart golf there's going to be 12 pins on the course that you can attack you just take the middle of the green take pars and then you shouldn't under par you're always going to be up there so i'm just trying to learn with my team i think it did a great job that week about that i'm a, a guy that wants to fire every pin because i know i'm able to hit that shot but sometimes you can't do that in pro golf so i'm still trying to learn i'm um, very young and with the help of my team and seeing a stuff like I was talking like last week shot 19 under and like I didn't have any chip since I didn't have any pads over 25 feet made I didn't have anything like crazy you know you hold it from 100 yards so like I didn't have any bonus that I called and I still shot 19 under just I only made four four bogeys all week you know so it's just playing to the right spots playing a little more smart that I wasn't doing that very well in league for other tournaments. I, because when you have the stripe way, yeah, you can go for it. But it's days that you're a little off, so you miss that. It's a decent shot, but you miss it one yard where well, you can't miss it. And in pro golf, you're making bogey or double while in college, you still make par and you keep going. So those are the differences that I need to start getting used to it. And I think I did a great job last week in in the Fairmont St. Andrews, doing a little better and playing a little smart. It sucks to have 110 yards and not go right at it. But I mean, I start, th- I'm start to convincing myself it's better to hit it to 20 feet and maybe make that pad if not go with a par that try to go right at it spin it back and make bogey or double so those are the little things i'm starting to do better that i think that's going to make a huge difference on my scores and my and my development as a professional golfer because i feel like my i hit the ball i mean when i'm hitting it great it's top in the world but even though when I'm not feel that good still very good so so if I can if I can start doing that better playing a little smarter on the course and not being that aggressive and that quick and let get nervous or whatever because I want to make a birdie or eagle and I think I can hit a two iron over the pin over the water and hit to 10 feet you can obviously do it but we're also we're going to miss it a lot of times and that means because you're bogey but if you hit it to 30 feet you're still making birdie and that's how you do professional golf
3: yeah completely agree like uh, that That's one of the things that I tell people all the time about pro golf. And, and um, I, I do re- reference my uh, program experience at Tucson a lot. And part of the reason is because I, I tell people how f- firm and fast those greens were compared to uh, greens that I play sort of, sort of day in and day out. Like I had to, to make a huge adjustment very, very early, early on because the uh, you you can't. Uh, attack every um, every pin. You can very easily make uh, a bogey or a double um, on a hole that you're supposed to be make, making birdie on. So uh, all it takes is that, that one sort of mental lapse that all of a sudden costs you a couple shots, and then all, all of a sudden it starts you know, snowballing and
2: yeah, like in college golf, you should have won over par round. You go next day and shoot six under, you're still in the chance to win. On leaf golf and pro golf, you shoot one over par. And even though you go next day and shoot six under, the other guys that shot six under first day shooting six under next day. So you're not gaining anything, you know? So it's just, it's just, it's just really, it's really hard when you're not playing smart. You're making dumb mistakes. And like I said, I'm not used to, to have 120 yards. I'm playing to the middle of the green because I'm, what I played before my last 10 years of my life is when you have 120 yards, doesn't matter where the pin is, you're attacking. But like you said, they put the pin so stuck, or they're firm, or the rough is firm. And if you miss a short, you got a bunker that you got no chance to make up and down. Those little things that when I played with Dustin in West Virginia, I mean, he shot 500 and he was the easiest 500. And it's like when I started learning, I was like, man, this guy doesn't hit it better than me. But he just way smarter on the course. Like even though he has 100 yards, he hits it to 10 feet or 15 feet of still going to the pin. And then he might make that par or not. But if he doesn't, he goes with par. But he will make a 25-footer in the next. You know, so he, they're like stress-free. Like um, for us, like young guys, I feel like we stress the, the the rounds way more than they do. So when you stress around, there's days that everything's going to go your way. You made up and down. You made that 20-footer. You do all those great things. But there is another days that that's not going to go your way. So instead of shooting 200, you're shooting three over. And that's a huge difference. So that's what I think I'm getting I'm trying to get better and I'm getting better about talking about stuff and learning how to play it and playing more smart golf. And you talk about playing smart golf and
1: I think this is something we touched on with Jerry the other week. Um Jerry Folts came on the show and we talked about um, about Liv and about some of the the great things that are happening around the team golf. Now what's it like for you playing in that team with one of the you can't tell the story about the last 20 years of golf without mentioning one person's name, who you get to play with week in, week out. And I'm assuming he's not just a friend, but he's also in some ways a big brother, a mentor. Talk to us about that because he must be a hero to you.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's my hero since I was little. I mean, I remember when I was seven, eight years old, go to the Spanish Open and Madrid Master, go follow him and ask him for a ball and everything. And it's just a dream come true when he called me and said I, he wa- I wanted he wanted me to be in his team. Is something that I never will never forget. I mean, he's I've been lucky enough that I've been really close to him since I was little. I actually his dad coached me for a couple of years and helped me, and he always does. I've been texting him when I was in college and give ask, asking advice for him. And like you said, he's my captain, he's my boss, but he's also like my. my my second father you know he's always trying to help me not just like golf wise just person wise and he's some he's someone that i will never never forget i'm super grateful for him grateful for the opportunity he gave me and grateful for all the things he told me and how much he helps me every day i mean he we all know he's a tremendous player he's probably in the question and the talk of being one of the best players in the whole time. And I mean, he's, he's awesome. He teaches me so many stuff. And I mean, I can't, can be more proud to be in his team and can't wait to have a lot of more fights in the course with him. And just to learn, I mean, something, I, I feel like I learned something new with him every day. So he's he's super, super, super great guy, super amazing player, but also like obviously a great, great person.
3: Yeah, I agree. I, I think, uh, you know, Sergio, I think in the U.S., Sergio kind of got a bad rap for some some of the stuff sort of early, um, early on in his his career. But <clears throat> for me, Sergio has been one of my favorite players to follow and uh, and root for. And there there's not that many times um, in, in my you know, golf watching career, like I, I was almost brought to tears with with emotion. And honestly, him winning the Masters, like I was, like really emotional about it. I was, I was actually really, really, uh, uh shocked. And I, and I do, do think that, you know, part of it is you, you kind of see people grind for so long trying to get to that goal, and then when they finally get to it, it, it's like you, you feel like you're a part of that journey. Like you, you feel like you're, um, emotionally in, invested in it. So you know and i i kind of feel the same way now with with uh live golf and uh, like basically all the players of at, at live like i've been fighting this this like like battle on so, social media you know talking about about live and prom- promoting live and I, I feel like i'm invested in sort of all of your you know careers and success at this point which is kind of funny for me to say but you know it's it's a uh, it's definitely an inter- uh, interesting
2: Yeah, I mean, it's awesome to have to have guys to play as a team. Golf is never, it's always two individually. So play as a team and root for teammates and learn from teammates, not just Sergio. I mean, Sergio is awesome, but also Carlos and Abraham. I'm so lucky to be in that team. They're always helping. They're always, they have a lot of experience. They've been on tour for a long time. They all want on tour. And it's just, it's just having their experience, how are they talks? When you don't play great and you're down, they give you a hug and they tell you it's fine it's not going to be the first it's not the first day and the last day you're going to play bad we've all been through that just keep grinding and just having their message and and everything is something that very, very unique and it's something that I feel for me was the best option. I mean, I loved college golf. I love playing as a team. I love when I didn't care about winning in the field. I just wanted to win, win and come get the trophy with the team to Stillwater. You know, I mean, it was something like, I mean, I knew if I played good, I was going to help the team, but I just wanted to win. That's why I have like when I play against Pearson and I won and I fist pump and all that. I mean, I just wanted to win so bad. Like, I, obviously, I want to beat him because I was tired of people not giving the credit I was and I Knew I was the best player in college all that year, and it was—I knew it. I mean, I knew I was better than all of them. So just winning obviously it was great, but I just wanted to win so badly for OSU, for Oklahoma State. Just wanted, I Just wanted—I mean, I love team competition. I love winning. I love—I hate seeing the Aces winning every week, even though they're great guys, great players, and everything. I hate—I hate seeing them win. I want us to win. We know we're, we're as good as them. We just—it's just—it's just fun to just not just fight for yourself. Fight for Fireballs, fight for Brian, fight for your friends. It's just, it's just an awesome thing, and I thought it was the best opportunity for me. And I'm really proud and grateful for the opportunity, obviously Fireballs and Leaf gave me. And I'm learning a lot, and I'm getting better as a player and as a person. So I can't wait for the future. I know I got one more year as a contract, so so I got this season and one more. So I'm excited to keep learning and keep playing, and hopefully I can we can win as a team a couple more times.
3: No question. I think you will, Uh, you know. And uh, I've I've been rooting for the Fireballs too, uh, even even though Aces are my number one one team. Let's make make it clear. I I, I chose them very very early on in, in the um in <laughs> in live. Uh, you know, I I root for the thing is I I find myself sort of rooting for a lot of different teams at very various times. Like I've I, I found myself uh, sort of rooting for you guys uh, in Tucson. Like I was rooting for. Sergio to win the uh, Sergio and Carlos to win the individual, but you know yeah, I think the team stuff is is really like uh, that's the thing that uh, really dif- differentiates live from every other golf league out there. and I still think that there's a lot of sort of progress to sort of make make on that that side just uh, raising awareness with with the uh, fans and, and maybe sort of incorporating more you know team specific events into the competitions throughout the year like i i do think that the these things are probably going to going to continue to evolve o- over the course of time like I, I i know that that things i'm i'm sure just in the last year and a few months like things have already changed so so much for you just in the live environment like just with you know there there's going to be more player movement here in the next little little bit the next few months uh you know and ov- obviously there there might be more you know players p- potentially coming on, on on board so uh super exciting times and i do think like like i said you coming in at the very very start was a huge huge advantage for you and i think that it that it's some, something that uh you know is really really going to serve you and and your career really really well going,
2: going forward i agree it's going to be fun, just fun moments coming on. We'll see what happened with the merger and all that. We don't know anything, so I'm excited to see what happened. But, I mean, like I said, I'm very grateful for Leaf. I love being where I am, and I wouldn't change anything about it. Well, look, we,
1: we feel like, I feel like we covered the serious stuff. Um, I've got a few fun questions we're trying to ask some of our guests. Um, Jay's got his um, serious slash fun question about a major. So, Jay, you fire over that, and then... You know, I've got sort of five almost silly questions, but they are related to golf. So Jay, you go <laughs> first and I'll, I'll round it off with five moments of silliness.
3: So, yeah, th- this is a question that, that I've uh, been asking all of our our, uh, our guests. So and, and you can't uh, uh, give this particular championship to yourself. So it's everybody else in the golf world, whether they're a past golfer or a current golfer. Uh, could be uh, men's or women's, too. Um, let, let's say you're a golfing god. You have one major championship that you are able to give to a deserving player, even, uh, somebody, again, in the past or the current. Uh, uh, who would you give that major to? And uh, what championship would it be?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I'll go US Open to Phil Mickelson. I think he obviously deserved the Grand Slam. I mean, not just because how good of a player he is. He's also a great guy. I mean, since I came to live, he's always been super nice to me. I had the chance to play with him a couple of rounds and just learn from him. And I mean, always, i always been a, a big fan of Phil because my dad is lefty and he's a big fan of Phil since I was little. So I watched Phil grow up a lot. And I think he finished, I don't know, I'm not sure if he finished six or seven times second in the US Open. So... Yeah, so six times taken as a U.S. Open, so he got a lot of chances to win it, and he's obviously the last major he needs to win a Grand Slam. So if I could give him a, if I could give someone a a major, it would be the U.S. Open to Phil Mickelson.
3: That's awesome. I have the same same answer, by, by the way, so there you
2: go. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I I, I I'm I, I switch between who I want. I'm I'm half South African, and I and I love watching Louis, and I just think. God, that guy's had so many second places. I'd like him to get another first. So I, I never know. Whenever, whenever Jay asks me that question, my answer always changes. But look, Phil's a fantastic answer. Right? Let's do some sillier um, side of. So, which club in your bag do you love and hate?
2: My putter. I have a love hate. I feel like uh, when I'm rolling it, I'm a really good putter with a broomstick. But when I'm off, I'm really off. I still, I'm getting better at that. Like not getting that frustrated and not get. Like I feel like if I make a couple putts starting, I can be, I can be rolling the rest of the round. But if I miss a couple, I kind of like 10 out to change stuff and all that stuff. So that's another thing I'm trying working on it. And I feel I'm getting better at, but like the love hate relationship will definitely be my putter in my back.
1: It's funny. You say that when I was walking, when I was at live London, I was walking around the putting green, um, I'm on the range, and every every all the pros, you're all hitting stripe in the ball, you're all happy, no one's shaking their head, they're all really excited, really enjoying their day. And then you watch the pros go over to the putting green, and even though they're pros, they're they're scowling, they're unhappy. Because then a pro never seems that happy with the only person that smiled and giggled and laughed for 20 minutes each day on the putting green was Patrick Reed.
2: Yeah, he can putt. <laughs> I know why. You told me Patrick Reed or Cameron Smith. I'll be like, I'll be. Yeah, I never saw Cameron Smith
1: on the putting green. I never saw him practicing putting. Like I'd see all well, the never saw him on the he, he think, him putting he, green. He,
2: I don't think. I don't think he can. Bet, I don't think he can get better at it. Like I think we all <laughs> want to be like him. I've been. I mean, it's a joke hug. Like it's just. I mean, you know, he's gonna make it. Like, it just doesn't matter where he is, the ball has a chance to go in. It's just that ridiculous. It's so fun to watch, and, I mean, it's just it's just amazing. It's something that we all work for being, I mean, when they ask me what you want to be, what you will change of your game, I'll be like, part of like Cam Smith. I don't think it's just me. I think a lot of players do. So, it's just awesome to see, and it's just a motivation for me and for young kids to to work on my putting to get as good as him.
1: Okay, so you and I, we've just played 18 holes. We haven't, but this that in imaginary we just played 18 holes we're walking off the course what food do you want post round are we gonna have a beer or a soft drink and are we gonna have what we're gonna to have to eat so you're going beer or soft drink and what are you gonna eat
2: i'll go for soft drink and i'll go for chipotle i'm a big chipotle guy
1: okay solid jay likes that jay's a big chipotle guy but jay you and i quite like a lot of takeaway
3: well i gotta say being in california just i'm a burrito guy in general so i like, honestly, I don't really, really go to Chipotle all, all that often here because I have a local burrito joint here that I like. Uh, shout out Cactus Taqueria. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, there there's a lot of a uh,
2: lot of great burrito prices here. But yeah,
3: if if, uh, if I'm traveling or something, Chipotle is always on, on the menu. So good call.
2: On. Yeah, I mean, I just love Chipotle because in college it was quick fun and it was it was quick they give you enough money you got enough food and it was not very very expensive so I roll to Chipotle a lot of times with me and my teammates and it's just something that I feel like we did a lot so it's just something that I miss and I like to do it but I mean also depends on your mood like if you're in vacation and you're playing with buddies and they're shooting 100 shots I mean you just go finish and get a beer you know but normally like if I'm playing a round of golf and just like Qualifying with the team with my teammates, or just playing like a practice day or something, I would just go get like a Arnold Palmer and a and a Chipotle ball and I'm rolling.
1: Brilliant, it's very fun um, too. So yeah, yeah. Your,
2: your day it hasn't didn't. turned out
1: as it wanted. All of a sudden, you've got ninety minutes spare. Are you going to play nine holes on your own, or are you going to hit the range? Nine holes or the range?
2: Nine holes. For sure, I, I'm a big player guy. Like I love, like if you ask my coach at Oklahoma State, I mean, I probably played 36 holes every day. I'll just get a golf cart. I mean, on the range, you just have the perfect line, perfect stance every time, and that never happens on the course. So I'm a big fan of like just warming up, hit 20, 30 balls, and then go find yourself on the course. You, that's where you know you're gonna learn. And you have a little downhill slope, got an uphill slope. You got wind from the right, you got wind from the left. That's where you know where you where you're playing the ball and what you need to go better. at. It's very easy to go to range and smack balls. All perfect. You got a perfect lie, perfect perfect stance, and you know where the wind's coming. But once you're in the course, it's a different story, story. So I'm a big fan of playing golf, and that's what you I think you get better and what you learn the most.
1: Great answer. But no, this is a weird one because I have to explain it. So not the best course you've played, because I, I imagine. There are some courses we've all played. Some better courses that have the better quality. But favourite the, the the course has got you in your heart, both as a professional golfer and before you made it on tour. So two courses, one that you've played. You as you say, you only sixteen events. So which of the sixteen in those sixteen events, which has been your favourite course? And outside of those, which is your favourite?
2: My favorite course would be the Bank of Grand Stonehill. I mean, they just opened it for us. It was in brilliant conditions. I mean, I don't think there was a better course I ever played. I played Augusta National. I got lucky now that I played at Wake Forest one time. And that's the most shimmery thing i ever seen. I mean, there was 6 a.m. in the morning. There was like 40 people cutting the grass with with scissors. I mean, it was a joke. I mean, it was it was incredible. And not just because I won. I feel like you ask every belief player. I mean, it was really hot and old what you want to be. But course-wise and condition-wise, it was a joke. So I don't need to go for that one. And then my amateur career, I need to go Pebble Beach. I think what I leave at Pebble Beach in the Carmel Cup my senior year, I think I finished sixth or fourth or something like that. But, I mean, play Pebble Beach. We had three rounds, and w- every round was different. One day was sunny and perfect. Other day was windy and cold. Another day was just windy, just windy. So, playing the de- Pebble Beach on three different conditions and see how much a course can change from the weather, it was something very unique and something that I will always. For- I will never forget. I mean, I was hitting... Sandwich on number seven, and of day one day I was hitting seven iron in a nine yard hole. So I mean, just seeing seeing all that change, or number ten, I would you were thinking about driving it, and then another day you're hitting driver three wood. You know, so it was just change, like seeing how much wind and weather conditions can change a golf course. I think that only happens around Pebble Beach that much. So it was it was it was a joke, and it was super fun to do.
1: Well, yeah, look, yeah thank you, like you much. You're so much for taking so much your time. So, yeah. Sorry, Jay. I spoke over you there. Sorry, buddy. You were no. saying it's your favorite course as well, Jay.
3: Yeah, no. Pebble Beach is uh, well. Te- technically, I guess it's number number two now. But Pebble Beach is, has been my favorite course in the world for the the majority of my my life. Only within the last couple of years, I discovered Cypress Point. So it kind of like
2: yeah you know, got
3: above Pe- Pebble Beach. So that that's if the you go to one.
2: Cypress Point and Pine Bali and all that, yeah, and can go. Yeah. But I mean. Well, I, I think mean, Pine Valley's you, overrated, like- but that's a story for another day. <laughs> 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 yeah. Condition-wise, we're talking about condition-wise. Oh,
1: fair, fair, fair. When yeah. you make it over to the, when you make it over to the UK next, um, I've got an inn at um, Sunningdale, so I'll go and take you to play Sunningdale Old, and that will that will get you straight in your heart. Perfect. It'll yeah, be, we it, need to we need to we need to play a match, all of us. Yeah, it'll be fun for sure. It'll it will be top ten in your heart straight away. Sunningdale Old is just you just get there and go this place is what this place is 124 years, 120 years old. And it's, it's just perfect. Like, it's just stunning. You'll love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm always in for some golf. Excellent. Well, look, thank you so much. For your time today. I really appreciate it. Jay, do you want to say one last thing? Uh,
3: Eugenia, one other question that, that I had for you, this, this kind of ties into uh, your win on the Asian tour and something that, that we talked, talked about a little bit with, with your world ranking. Uh, the, O.W.G.R. and sort of pathways to the majors and uh, potentially, uh, um, obviously, we're uh, in Ryder Cup season and uh, things like like that. Um, are those things that, that you sort of actively think about, uh, uh, you know, just with I'm, I'm sure that that sort of helps to influence the Asian tour events that you play in. But uh, increasing your world, world rank and stuff, stuff like that. Is that that's something you're actually think, thinking about or, or is it?
2: No, um of... to be to be really honest. I mean I would love to play the Ryder Cup and the majors, but I knew when I signed relief and all this thing that thing might not be possible. So I knew what, what risk I was taking. I mean I'm young enough that I I wish and I think I would be able to play all those things and I'm worried I work hard for do. But right now I'm where I am. I know I took the chance. I'm not healthy enough to like this year. I wasn't healthy enough to go play the qualifiers. I would love to do, but I, I wasn't healthy enough. Like I needed to pick, I need to play the leaf events. I need to play some Asian events by contract and stuff. So I couldn't, I couldn't, I mean, I, we barely finished 13 holes, so there was no chance I could do 36 holes in a day. So, so that was that pointed up, that pointed out of my of my of my way. It just sucked for me to not be able to play those majors or play those things because I saw the people that they're playing in on TV, and I know I'm I can I can compete with them, and I already proved myself that I can. So, but I mean, it's something that I knew I was taking when I was taking the leave offer. I knew the golf world is not gonna like it. It's gonna be a lot of things, but hopefully with all this major and stuff, we had a chance to kind of qualify for the. For for the majors or qualify for the writer in the, in the next years. But well, like I said, I'm very grateful where I am. I love where I am. And I know I, I will have time enough to go play those, those things. But, but I mean, it's, it's not nice to, to watch it on TV when those weeks are on. But, I mean, it's just something that gets me more motivation to keep working and to ke- keep getting better, better. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the next year to see what happens with all this stuff. But, I mean, if I'm healthy enough, I'm going to go try to play the US Open qualifying the British qualifying and go out there and maybe win it, you know. And then I can't be worried about playing it anymore, you know. If you're in the field, you got a chance to win. Why not? We all
3: know that that you're more than capable of winning at, at the high, uh, highest level, it. and I know that you're you're going to do that. And when the European team in the Ryder Cup gets – spanked at Mar- Marco Simone, which, which I, th- I think is going to happen. Um, I want them to think about it in the next few years, the next great duo could be you and Pooj. So I think that that could be for the future of the European Ryder Cup team, captained by maybe Sergio in the future, maybe Poulter, West, Westwood, who- whoever. I-, I think that you two as a combination could be amazing. So Uh, We'll, we'll have to see how everything thing plays out, but yeah.
2: I agree, he's an awesome player. I mean he's playing himself. He's also capable of beating everyone in the world. So I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he's playing great again and I can't wait to have many more many more battles with him. I think we we both brought work really hard since we were little. We both grew up playing together. We both have a fantastic career in college golf, him in Arizona State, me meaning Oklahoma State. And I'm excited to be with him and live, Be with him in the Asian Tour and battle again battling again like we were like when we were young. We both both our dreams came true. So now it's time to solve the world that we're capable of beating everyone and playing good. So hopefully, like you said, we can be partners in the Ryder Cup in the next feeder.
0: It's always amazing to hear the perspective of someone that is just starting out in their field of passion and someone that's doing so well at what they do. So thank you so much to Eugenio for joining us on this episode. And absolute props to Ben and Jay for running a stellar interview. If you enjoyed that let us know over at glu golf club on twitter and tell your friends that they can subscribe and follow the show in their podcast app of choice or of course at glugc.com join us next week for more golf discuss the fairway and until then just enjoy your game have fun and we'll see you then Bye bye